So long story short, uh, there's nothing that a good turning it off and on again can't fix. <laughs> Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Mo Video Games Top 50 Podcast. Today, there are the spiciest of spicy meatballs. You've been waiting to hear me talk about God of War, Oliver talk about Super Mario 64, because these are the creme de la creme, top of the top at the moment right now. We're last round before we get into the quarterfinals, so things are pretty spicy. We talk about our scotch palettes, which aren't great, and some tech and some smart stuff from a cool company called Wise. So stay tuned, stick around. You ain't gonna wanna miss this one. Oh, we live. At least I hope so. Hold on. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I am missing the LEC Spring Playoffs. Rogue versus Mad Lions right now for this. I want to be clear. Sorry, it's all my fault. All because I wanted to. Well, I guess my wife wanted to go. To, oh, I want. I did. We we wanted to go to IKEA this morning. So <laughs> trying to decide whether or not to pass the blame there. Like that. <laughs> See, Who's going to take the burden on this one? I, I've become wise <laughs> in in marriage and realized that you know I. It's it's. it's Happy wife, happy life, you know. The shoddy's never wrong. The shoddy is never wrong. That's very true. Um, but She's I, just I, too I did want to go. I, I wanted to go too. We we need some. We we got rid of some of our furniture, so we need. We don't we don't have nightstands right now, which sounds Who like needs nightstands. What about like day a, stands? We don't even have so curtains need. in our bedroom. Um, I don't either. If you can't tell from the glaring light behind me, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, we don't have any window treatments at all is is all windows and like our bed is in like this like bay area there's like 10 windows around us and just wide open for the outside world to see Ooh, okay i see what you guys are about <laughs> <laughs> but no it's it's uncomfortable and then we can't like the the lamps don't go on the nightstand they're just like on the floor but they have like an open top so if i like look over at it it blinds me yes it's a tough burns life, the retinas a little bit yeah and we didn't even get a nice sand because they were out of stock so oh damn that's unfortunate okay that's actually unfortunate yeah the, the good oh, news you make is the trip because the only one is on like the south side right of virginia yeah. like you got to go pretty far it's a that's a that's a hoof from where you're at now it is luckily we avoid 95 going to it now, um, which made the drive very pleasant. Oh, nice. And we went like first thing in the morning um, to avoid traffic. So that worked out really well. But uh, yeah, it's like 45 minute drive. So that sounds about right. It was already a little bit of a trek beforehand, and you guys are only farther away now. Yeah. But I mean, not, honestly, not too bad. Like to, the, the fact that we even have an IKEA within driving distance is nice. So it's pretty, yeah, it, that part's pretty baller. Yeah. makes a uh, home decor a little easier when you can buy cheap decent cheap shit this is this is definitely not tech uh information but i there's a furniture store like right next door to us and i was like you know what i'm gonna check it out because it's close might as well see if they have something not make the drive to ikea I'm never going in another furniture store again in my life i forgot how intense the salespeople latch on to you um, yeah 
like I walked in the store and immediately, poof, I was like the only person. This guy just comes directly to me. And I was like, I'm just browsing, but like maybe looking at nightstands. And he takes me over uh, to their two nightstands. <laughs> they had two nightstands in the entire furniture store. Um, and I was like, yeah. And then I was like, okay, I'm just going to browse a little bit. And then he's like hovering like 15 feet from me the entire time, like just staring at me, like, but following me as I walked, I'm like, dude, <laughs> like, leave me the F alone. Um, yeah, it was very uncomfortable. And then he was trying to convince me that everything they had was American made. Um, and I was like, I don't care. <laughs> but, but great to know. Made in America, baby. Oh, yeah. And he's like, yeah, pretty, like 90% of what you see is in stock. That's a pretty big deal. And I was like, I mean, sure. I can't buy products I can't get. <laughs> Wait, 90% of what you see is in well, 100% because it's all there. You could just buy what's on the floor. Yeah, but maybe... That- I don't know how you see something. <laughs> I guess unless they're just... They want to keep showing it even though they don't fucking have it. Like, uh, Yeah, it was a weird, weird experience. And I was like, mm, I, I much prefer the Ikea, like, shop at your own Leave pace. Leave me alone. Yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Take um, a tour to Ikea. Yeah, so that was wild. Tordic- but yes. yeah. Long story short, my fault that uh, Oliver's missing LEC. So that's Sorry. fucking true. And I missed LEC yesterday. G two versus uh, Schalke No Beer. That was sounds like a banger match. I know it went to five games. I have an inkling on who won. That, that sounds like G- an IKEA sponsored team. That sounds like a Swedish name. <laughs> Schalke No Beer. Yeah, like that could I be think- a dresser. <laughs> This is our Schalke Novier series. Um, I think they're German. But, you know, maybe not. A professional German football and multi-sports club from oh. the Schalke district of Gelsenkirchen, <laughs> North Rhine, <laughs> Westphalia. The Novier and the club's name derives from its formation in 1904. Wow. I kept thinking that they were saying Schalke no fear and not Schalke no fear because they're just saying zero four in, in Deutsch. So, yeah, that fucked me up for a long time. I'm not going to lie. It's like Schalke no fear. Yeah, dude, they aren't scared of shit, bro. They get on the rip. <laughs> they're like, let's go. Oh, my gosh. Very true. Very true. Shit's so dumb. In other news, we have a delicious scotch to talk about here. Yes. My birthday was recent. Um, I am old now and about to perish, as the rules of the world so dictate. Um, it's all downhill from here. We got the honest, it's all downhill from here. It's all ogre now. Um, so we got the, what, Baldini 14? caribbean cask yeah I'll, I'll hold it up for all the the people watching on youtube in the i was trying to decide whether or not to say caribbean or caribbean cask <laughs> it's it's backwards so it doesn't do you much good but that that's what it looks like so aged 14 years in a rum cask i was told that the age on the bottle meant the average age of all of the spirits I thought this, I, well, I, at least I thought that that was true. It was the average age of all spirits, but it's actually the age of the youngest spirit. So the youngest whiskey in a 14 year old is 14 years. 
I thought it was the average. So, like, like if if they're assuming that for the entire year of like 2005, they they produce scotch, everything in there. The youngest one is now 14 years, but everything else in there that would be older is still also 14 years until it hits the 15 year mark. Is that kind of? They're just saying the late the marking on the bottle only means only guarantees the youngest scotch that's in okay. there. But that's so good, right? Be, so that means it's it a could minimum. Be, it could be longer. It could be one drop of 14 year and then a trillion drops of a trillion year old scotch and we could be having the most aged bottle. <laughs> but either way, I thought it was an average, which it makes it a lot more impressive that there's so many bottles of like, you know, 10, 15 plus. Mm-hmm. And the fact that it's not like a trillion dollars because your inventory cost, I guess, is just really low when you're buying space to age shit for fucking decades. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah, it is kind of crazy when you think about it. Yeah, like it, it costs so long. It costs so much time to produce. I feel like it should be way more expensive, but obviously, people wouldn't be able to afford it. Yeah, I mean, it would does. It, it's it like kind of exponential, right? Like the it definitely does get more expensive for the age for sure. Like fifteen, um, I feel like like the fourteen to sixteen is kind of like the sweet spot of like it's a nice one, but like you can still buy one. Yeah. Oh, hi, Chocho. Yeah, the YouTube can't see from the camera angle, but Chocho is just, her head is just sticking out right at the edge <laughs> of my camera. All you see is her head poking out. She's just being a little fucking angel right now. What but a perfect is, little angel. This is smooth. Yeah, what do you think? It's very smooth. I Would, would I prefer it <laughs> over an Isla, the true question of any scotch? And the answer is a resounding no for me. Now, what's an example of an Isla? Any baited goodness. Uh, Like Talisker Storm, I would say is a really good, like, entry level. That one's nice because it's got that salty, saltiness from the briny seawater. The pepperiness. The peatedness from the fucking Isla Pete. The signature Isla Pete. Oh, just caressing your, your little whippy whippies. Uh... Any like Laphroaig, any Ardbeg, that's going to be an Isla Scotch. The Laphroaigs and Ardbegs, they go hard. Not going to lie. It's yeah. good fucking Scotches. They, they need some, yeah, if this had a little bit more smoke, yeah. I, think, I think it would elevate. But this is definitely, I like this more than the Jura. The Jura was good and boring. It was a good starter one, but the more that we drank, the less exciting it is. Like, yeah. Uh, I feel like the palate it doesn't demand a whole lot from 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 the Pilate. Oh, it was a good when, entry for me into the Scotch yeah. round, but yeah. When it like it definitely takes a while to get past like the what do you want to call it like acetony, you know, super strong, just like whiskey taste, right? Because like when you first started drinking it, it's just super strong, overpowering, and abrasive, and it's really hard to taste anything else. I'm still really bad. I have a, I have a fucking baby. I have a McDonald's palate. That's what I should call. <laughs> but uh, it's so fun. Like the more you drink it, definitely the more you notice. Still, even though I'm fucking horrible at it, but yeah, I th- there's there's some taste that like at the very end like travels back um to the the back of my tongue that i can't 
that's as descriptive as I can get. It's just it's I I don't know what to call it. It's just I it was unexpected. But it's it's very smooth. It's I'm I feel like it's got a little bit of sweetness to it, which is kind of surprising from the rum. I don't know why I assume that from the rum cask, but it's definitely it's very easy to drink, which I was not expecting. Yeah. But I think well, we'll have to see. I this could be a good it's a little pricey for how simple it is, though, for me. That's like, where I was at. Because yeah. you can get like a $50 bottle of Talisker that I think has a lot more enjoyable nuance to it. And you get that PD deliciousness where this was like right around 90 for me. I don't know. Yeah. I'm assuming it was pretty close for you. Exactly the same. Yeah, it was it was on sale for $5 hop. Yeah, it was normally 90. So, OK. Um. Yeah, Mine so was eighty eight, so I got robbed. <laughs> but definitely, definitely pricey for, um, yeah, how, how simple it is. I mean, it's good. It's definitely. I would I would recommend this to someone also getting into it. Well, I wouldn't because I wouldn't say spend that much money on a bottle. That's why I think yeah. I think the Jura is the thing because the Jura you can get actually for a decent price point, yeah. and I also think that the Monkey Shoulders are really easy to drink. And really good price point. I mean, that's like a mid thirty dollar bottle, yeah. um, which is like super easy to stomach. You know, I mean, if you're buying a bottle of drinkable tequila, you're at least gonna get like a twenty dollar bottle of Jose. So <laughs> it's already not that much more. <laughs> not gonna drink that unstomachable seven dollar fucking fifth of five star. Who's done even, that? I don't even know if I know what five star is. Bottom shelf whiskey. That's all you need to know. <laughs> that's how I sophisticated a, I am. I just don't know. I think it's. A, I think it's a fucking shitty bourbon. I like hmm. to think that the people at the five star factory just get five stars all the time. <laughs> it's just an insanely brutal workplace, and everyone's upset to work there. Let's see here. Let me make sure it's it's a bourbon. Oh, it's an American blended whiskey. Oh, it's not good. I can tell you that. Five star is got some bunch. That is definitely not my bottom shelf go to, but it was my bottom shelf go to like three years ago when I was the chump. The more you now know. Now I'm educated. Yeah, if you're going to go for a cheap whiskey, you got to go for If you get a cheap Irish whiskey, that's going to give you, I think, the true. Bless you. Oh, goodness. Best bang for your buck on the price point. But if you're looking for something to drink like you've never drank before, an Isla Scotch, you just can't beat it. You just can't beat it. I mean, honestly, that shit's so good. That Log 16 was fucking insane. That is still, you can't, with, without question, the best the best Scotch I've tried so far. You can't tell me that Log, that log 16, like, uh... You know, it's it's surprisingly easy on like it's it's surprisingly smooth. I don't think you need to like it's not like you have to work up to drink it. Like uh, I felt like Clarissa even thought it was pretty good. Yeah. And she doesn't like hard liquors at all. You know, I, I I would have to at some point try something in a much higher tier to confirm this. But I feel like the log is probably like the peak of the law of diminishing returns like where oh sure yeah like i i feel like it's actually a pretty it's it's expensive 
but I think it it's worth it. But I think as, as you start going higher, I think like it's good for like a special occasion type deal uh, for sure. But well, the Johnny Walker Blue Label will have to be the bar that we compare against. Oh yeah, I see that all the time. The, I'm like, oh my god, <laughs> two hundred, two hundred fifty dollar bottle of fucking scotch. I, it's gonna be a while before I'm dropping that kind of dough on a bottle of alcohol, but especially on a bottle of Johnny Walker. I mean, Johnny Walker is not known as good shit. It's blue though. That's <laughs> true. That's true. Is what the red ones? They're cheapest, I think. I didn't think Johnny Walker Red Label was bad. It's a little musky, but. It's like I would definitely drink it again. Maxwell has nothing to add to this. I, yeah, I mean, I. <laughs> you had some, even if you don't remember, you had some. Wait, I had Johnny Walker. Not because you were too drunk. Yeah, Johnny Walker. Because I, I got a bottle. I'm pretty sure you tried some. Oh, uh, okay. But I think it was just like a sip. And you were like, disgusting. Too musky. <laughs> Never again. I don't drink blended scotches. I only drink fucking single malt scotches. From the Caribbean. <laughs> Not scotch. <laughs> <laughs> the Caribbean of Scotland. The Caribbean is uh, so they- actually owned by Scotland. So do, it's actually. <laughs> do, do they import like the cask then, I guess, right? They, they have to because it yeah. has to be aged in, in uh, Scotland. Yeah. Either way, enough about scotch. Yeah, I agree. I agree, though. It's a, yeah, it's definitely a little boring for the price point. I think a, a Jiro or a Monkey Shoulder, if you're going for a more affordable price point, it would be a better entry. If you want a cheaper Isla, then get like the Talisker Storm or even the Log Gate. Pretty good for the price. Or any Ardbeg. So those get really intense. Yeah. And if you want the Creme de la Creme, the Log 16. Oh, my God, that shit's so good. <laughs> um, But yeah. So, tech news. Tech news. Um, what do you got for us, Maxwell? Well, I I shared this on my Instagram story, but my my PC has a lot of RGBA, so I've been going. I have it in a blue theme currently, but Blastoise, Blastoise, blast off, um, Hydro Pump. <laughs> Um, I actually, I've, I've coined my, uh, on my Wi-Fi, my PC shows up as the hydro pumper. <laughs> so, oh my God. Fun, fun fact there. But you get one, one fucking water piece in your fucking system, get a little bit of water cooling and you're like, it's all water, baby. It's all water. Um, but the, my motherboard has this Q code LED display and the Q code is it's probably asus specific i'm not sure but essentially it's a code that tells you if there's an error if there's something normal you look up the q code and you figure out what's wrong if something's wrong but it was on all the time and it's red um so there's always just this little bit of red light um and it bothered me for a while and i finally figured out how to turn it off i also figured out how to get into my computer's bios um which you might be saying uh maxwell just use delete uh when you're uh booting up your computer dumbass and to you i would say that didn't work before thank you very much (laughs) (laughs) um but apparently when my computer is hooked up to my nicer monitor doesn't want to go into the bios but if i unplug that monitor and have my other monitor um 
then it, it yeah, I can go into the BIOS no problem. So, of course, I mean that's just how that works. I, I don't know is. why you're surprised. <laughs> um, so figured that out, but so it's in the BIOS. Went in, turned it off, so it still like goes through the Q code. But if everything checks out okay, it turns the LED off, so you don't have to constantly be reminded that everything's good to go. Um, which I don't know why that's not default. Um, but I guess maybe you'd be concerned if like you looked and the screen was black, like oh no, something's not working. So I, I guess I understand. But either way, got it turned off. Hit reboot. And then it started like boot cycling. So it would like, the only thing I changed was turn off the display. That is the only thing I touched. <laughs> and it booted you up. broke it. Turned off. Booted up. Turned off. Booted up and was like, uh, booted in the safe mode. There's a problem. And I was like, <laughs> well, good thing my Q code LEDs turned off. <laughs> um, but I, I was finally, I was like, what? Just continue anyway. So it continued into Windows. And it was weird. My my overclock like settings were all gone. So it was like back to stock settings. I was like, oh, that's really weird. Don't know what's going on with there. So I went into my little uh, software that allows me to automatically overclock and went to load the old profile. And it was like, oh, do you want to load the VRM profile too? And I was like, sure. And I hit yes. And it poof, all my screens went black. Um, and all of my fans ramped down to like their lowest setting. And just no display whatsoever. Um, this is good. And I was like, oh, God, what the hell did I, did I just like fry something by by doing this? All the lights are still on the PC, like as if it's on, but no display. The reset button doesn't work, doesn't reset my PC. Um, I was I was pressing the power button to see if that thing just no response whatsoever. So I, I full on choked it to death with the holding the power button. Um, oh, it just it felt so good. I was like, "Oh, be you done. bastard! <laughs> and you, you deserve this." <laughs> yes, how dare you disobey me? And got it turned off. Turned off the power supply. Press the power button a few times to unload the capacitors. Um, let it sit for a little bit. Ooh. Booted it back up, and it was like, "Yeah, there's no issues, sir." The overclock was back. Everything was working fine. It booted up, no problem. Q code LED gone. And it's like. Of course. Like what? So long story short, uh, there's nothing that a good turning it off and on again can't fix. Um, That's but I also just have fact. No idea what the hell happened. Um, very bizarre. But yeah, that was my fun little adventure of thinking I fried my computer and gave me a heart attack. So that's the dream right there that's why you own a computer is just to give yourself heart attacks that your only valuable piece of equipment just fucking imploded permanently <laughs> yes and the thing that scared me too is i have a midterm exam this week um and i was like i really don't want to have to take this on my like work laptop um which is just a pile of junk it can't handle running like a single instance of excel which is what i have to do for the, <laughs> the damn thing so i was like oh god please i need this um so it's all working so that that was my that was my craziness and obviously if you can't tell i i mounted some things on my wall let me it looks spicy bro it looks very spicy picante? was that right did i say that correctly uh see <laughs> Poor favor? <laughs> Poor supuesto. <laughs> claro, okay, see. Um, but yeah, so got got that mounted. The, for some reason, so the the shelf that the NES is mounted on is screwed into a stud. 
and the the drill bit is like that big and the screws are that big um of course so i had to go this distance um with a screwdriver because my ratchet set um doesn't have a, a like a phillips head attachment so I had to get all of the torque <laughs> by gr- gripping the screwdriver. And by the time I started actually tapping the hole as I was threading it, I mean, I spent probably 20 minutes of full on maximal weight, like pushing in and like doing a tenth of a turn at a time. And then right at the very end, the, the, the screwdriver slipped a couple times. And I thought for sure I, I had stripped the, the screw. Um, but uh, uh, why didn't you just you have an electric drill, bro? What the- <laughs> oh, like just use the actual drill to screw it in. Is that what you're saying? Like, can I just, just don't just just get a bit like a Phillips head and screw the fucking nut in? Why? I, what? I didn't even think about it. like I didn't. You get, but just use the power is what I'm saying. You don't even have to use the I'm not saying use it like a fucking thing. You're saying it's a screw, right? Yeah. So just screw it in with the electric drill. Well, yeah. Like I, put a put a Phillips head bit in and then go boom boom. I don't know why you're so good. Well, no, that's what I'm saying. I'm I'm a dumbass. I didn't even think about like that you would put I was just thinking like drill bits only. Like were the only thing you could put in there because I'm dumb. Oh you <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, okay. Yeah, so uh it's, it's only the drill's only good for drilling. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so the more you know, don't don't be a dumbass like Maxwell. Um, I mean, I got it to work. I it sounds horrible. I got sounds one, like you wasted 19 minutes. <laughs> I got a hell of a workout. Let me tell you. Um, hey, your grip strength is going to be phenomenal. You should sign up for a strongman comp now. Yeah, my forearms bulging. Um, and the farmer carry no problem for you. Yeah, I carry farmers. <laughs> that is what the farmer carry is. <laughs> um, yeah, that's about it. And I have the the color lights as well. That's um, pretty dope. I, I just got to give a, sh- a shout out to Wise. It's W-Y-Z-E. Um, they, I've been using their just regular white uh, smart bulbs for a long time. Unlike Philips Hue, they don't have a hub requirement. They, they connect directly to Wi-Fi and you can just control it through the app. Um, and they are incredibly affordable. I, I don't know what the price is, but I think you can get like four of the white ones for 20 bucks, um, which is just stupid cheap. Um, and these color ones, so they were like a pre-order thing. Um, I, I was able to find them on Amazon, so they're a little bit more expensive than they would normally be. But I think I got four of them for sixty dollars, uh, or so- something like that, and that's it in totality. And they have the full RGB. They can be normal white lights. Just yeah, just a shout out. If you're looking for something cheaper, you want some kind of color lights or just white lights to control. Don't have to have a smart plug. Don't have to do Philips Hue or any of those other things that require hubs. Wise W Y Z E works great. That's the shit right there. Yeah, I, I'm not Sponsor sponsored, us, baby. Yeah, I'm not sponsored, but I should be. Um, so yeah, shout out to them. I also have their security cameras, and those are also stupid cheap and really nice. So that's it. That's all yeah, I got. It looks like I'd say $35 for a four-pack plus shipping will be their average price. Okay. Is that for the white? or? No, oh, it says wise bulb color. Oh, yeah. No, yeah. That's 
Wow, that's even less than I spent. I think I think I spent more because they were out of pre-order, so I probably paid like double um to get it, which is still like a quarter the cost of Philips Hue. Um But yeah, four what's four the, pack for thirty five. Yeah. What's their cam plus subscription? Uh so that's Looking for the, the wise cam V three right now. Yeah, so I got yeah. the wise cam V three. I have cam plus. I it's like two dollars a month or something like that i think is what it works out to or you pay like twenty dollars for a year um and I, I think it just gives you like cloud storage or like unlimited cloud storage maybe or some amount of cloud storage plus they use like their ai to detect the difference between like people versus like packages versus cars kind of stuff my um yeah something to that effect but the v3 it has really good night vision they're like water resistant for outdoor use as well. Um and yeah, they're the yeah, it's cameras IP five six. Yeah. Yeah, that's insanely cheap. Yeah, and yeah, it's really high quality. it might even be ten eighty P. I'm not entirely sure. ten eighty P color night viewing, IP sixty five. Yeah, for twenty bucks. Get- it's it's stupid. And they have a magnet uh built into the base. Um so like one of mine is on my fridge with like no mounting because um, it just it just sticks on there. Damn, I'm not visiting you, bro. I don't want to be watched. <laughs> yeah, yeah, dude. Yeah. Big brother. Yeah. Yeah. Big brother. So now you know they also they're coming out. I pre-ordered their smartwatch, so I'll, I'll probably let you know how that is. Um, They have uh a smart doorbell they just recently came out with headphones like they're really like going out into the smart like tech market but they are like coming in at a quarter the cost of all the big brands so if you're looking for affordable ways to get into that kind of stuff highly recommend i i have no idea what the watch is going to be like or what the features are going to be but it was another like crazy cheap it was like 30 or 40 bucks i think or 20 i'm not sure it was, it was stupid cheap for a smart watch so yeah, it says it's going to be $20 split shipping once it's in stock. Yeah, that's it's like every cheap. time I think like, wow, that's really low. And then the actual price is lower. It's it's stupid. So uh, that's Did you get that the wise watch or the wise band? The one that look because the one that looks like the Fitbit's $25. No, I got the, the watch, the, bank. the one that looks like the, the uh, like, a, like an Apple, Apple watch. watch or whatever. Yeah. yeah. So we shall see. The wise scale, only $20, measures more than just weight. Measures body happiness. fat, lean body <laughs> mass, even your heart rate. With 12 metrics tracked, you get a full picture of your health. Wow. Weight, body fat percent, heart rate, lean body mass, BMI, muscle mass, visceral fat, basal metabolic rate, bone mass, metabolic age, protein level, body water percentage. See you all with the wise app. Get wise. Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> um... <laughs> Well, shit's definitely cheap. Insanely cheap. Yeah, and like you can set up scenes. So I, I set up one for Minecraft as well. So there's my Minecraft scene because um, it's green, you know, like Minecraft. Oh, wow. It <laughs> makes me look super orange, though, because the, the camera's trying yeah, to adjust yeah. for that. So it's like taking the green hue out of the image. Oh, that's super weird. Um let me let me go back to that. Yeah, there they we go. even make their own 32 gigabyte gigabyte SD cards for only 10 bucks each. <laughs> Wild. So there, there, there you have it. I really have not played um, 
any video games uh recently we've been so busy like moving and unpacking i it takes two um just came out Tatego. it's uh the from the developer who did uh a way out yeah a way out um so gonna try and play through that with clarissa it's a it's kind of like a romantic story so you guys are gonna fall in love again oh my gosh it's gonna be adorable so precious but it's the same thing where it's a co-op only game so you have to have someone else to play with but you only need one copy of the game so as long as someone buys a copy of the game um the a second person can join them for free so whoa um so that's pretty cool i i love that kind of like stuff where they're like like couch co-op and playing co-op games with other people is a lot of fun and there's definitely a lot of games out there you can do it online but to make sure that you and your friend both want to pay money for the same game sometimes can be um little doo doo. Yeah, little little doo doo. Um not everyone wants to buy Forza Horizon. Um <laughs> intellectuals <laughs> do though. That's true, baby. Um so, so so that's pretty cool. Or like if you and a friend want to play it, you can split the cost um and, and do it that way, something like that. So it's cool options makes gaming with friends even more accessible than ever before. We love accessibility at the Mo Video Games Podcast Studio. That's outside some... the studio. <laughs> Absolutely not. We we love accessibility almost as much as we love Canadians. That's might actually be true. Um, and then fi- final thing, Sony, their state of play is going on right now. So they have it's nine or ten games available to download, free to keep. Don't need PlayStation Plus right now. Go to the PlayStation Store. Just sign in with your PlayStation account. You can download them, keep them forever. Um, it, some of the highlights are like Subnautica and the the Witness is one I can remember. There, there's a few PSVR games in there too, um, but there's like I think maybe three of those. So like six of them are just like regular old play them games. But that's pretty cool. And then in like a week or two, uh, Horizon Zero Dawn will be available to keep forever for free. Um, what? Yeah, Expansions included or no? Complete edition. <laughs> oh my god and you you haven't played the expansion have you frozen wilds no sir mm. i don't even know if i played the game at that point let's be honest mm. i mean i haven't played the witcher 3 yet so that's true <laughs> that's true Piper. that's all that's all i got off top of the top of the domey well do you want to start on the thing and then i'm gonna Fill up my water real fast because I'm really thirsty while you talk. <laughs> okay, I'll I'll start with Guitar Hero Three. Yeah, okay, good good choice, good choice. Hold on. Yeah. All right, so games, Guitar Hero Three. Um, what is there to say? I mean, Guitar Hero as a franchise is what was just kind of a cool concept. Um, coming out <laughs> back in the day. Um. But the reason I chose Guitar Hero 3 specifically was it was the, the first one that I owned. I played like the first and the second one uh, with some of my friends who had it. It was one of those things like Guitar Hero, there is like an intensely steep learning curve. But once you kind of get there, you you can pretty much kind of hold your own on most songs on like medium or hard difficulty at least. But like when you first start, it's such a novel control scheme that like just playing on easy is 
practically impossible. And you'll go over to a friend's house who's played and they're playing on expert and you can't even hit easy notes and you feel terrible. It can be incredibly like it, it can lower your morale because it is the, the learning curve is so steep. But it it is what well, if you own it, get the chance to play it, play a little bit. It can be incredibly fun. Um, and Guitar Hero 3 has some absolute banger tracks on there as well. Um, so that's another reason why I chose it. It was a cross-gen title. So it was like the PS2 and then onto PS3. Similarly, Xbox, Xbox 360. I had it for the PS2, um, but they actually came out with a new controller that I think might have even been wireless. I'm not sure, but it looked like a Les Paul, um, which was pretty cool. Uh, the, the controllers that I have, actually, I, I, I have mine right here. Hold on. Oh, he's about to be gaming. Guitar Hero kind of sucks, though. No, no rebuttal for Maxwell. Hey, I heard it though because my, my headphones wireless. I kept them on. That's true, baby. Um, but yeah, so if you're watching YouTube, this is what the the PS2 Guitar Hero Three um looked like. So, bam, 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 shreddy baddie. Whammy bar. So there you have it. That's if you don't know Guitar Hero, that's what it looks like. Those buttons. Well, let me here. I'll continue to demonstrate uh, that these these button colors come across the screen, kind of like Dance Dance Revolution, if you're familiar with that. And you have to press the buttons at the corresponding time while strumming. Um, and then they also have like hammer ons and pull offs and all that kind of stuff too. Um, so it, it can get a little intense when you get into like the expert difficulty. Um, it's fun though. And it was definitely fun for like the time that it was popular. We were a really good age for it as well. Yes. Like definitely the timing of that was 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 key because like late high school. Dude, you want to shred a fucking plastic guitar. <laughs> you want to just get, yes. get, a, get a giant paper shredder and just throw that guy in there. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's a really good point. Um, and it was definitely like a, a era of like the mid to late two thousands and then early twenty tens. And it like Guitar Hero came and then it went and poof. <laughs> it's like just this weird. If you if you weren't around and for rock it, band. yeah, I mean, yeah, but Rock Band. So I I think I talked about it in the the last podcast. Um, rock Band. There was something with like the publisher and the developer of. Guitar Hero. So Guitar Hero 3, I think, was developed by a new developer. And the developer of the first two Guitar Heroes went off and developed uh, Rock Band, um, I, I think is what happened. Correct me if I'm wrong. Listen to the old podcast on it. Um, but so Guitar Hero 3 was actually developed by a different developer, but still, still a lot of fun. Um, yeah, good bangers on there. Lots oh, of good memories. Yeah, they normally do have really good, good, good tracks. The drumming was really fun in rock band. The singing was not as fun. It felt <laughs> a little like it was a little mad. It was a little mad. Like, yeah, there's just they're they're only analyzing literally just your pitch and not even like the octave, <laughs> and they don't care if you like end the note at the right time or anything like that. So like, if you had if you could do like cyclical breathing or whatever while singing somehow, you would just you would just stay in one comfortable octave and just oh, like the whole time. And you're going to you're going to get literally a fucking hundred percent on it. Yeah, it's kind of like the the just dance um, 
especially on the Wii, because the only <laughs> thing the Wii is looking at is the Wii Mote. So as long as you are moving the Wii Mote in the the direction that Just Dance expects it to, you don't have to move the rest of your body. Um, <laughs> Just Dance, ooh, ooh, ooh. Another great game. Um, also, uh, Clarissa and I, my wife, um, played Just Dance. <laughs> Or not just dance, uh, dance dance revolution, for the first time um, since being in the new place. Now that we won't be upsetting any downstairs neighbors. Um, nice. Do you guys crush it? Uh, she did. Um, yeah. I, I, I when I say we, I meant she. And it was it was one one round because we were tired, but we did it. <laughs> it happened. Um, it's all that matters, baby. Yeah, fun fun game. So yeah, that's Guitar Hero three. Uh, Play, played it a lot. Um, never got to the point where I was perfect. Like there were like some of the like probably the top ten percent, maybe fifteen percent of the hardest songs I probably couldn't complete on expert without failing. Um, but but most of the other ones I think I could probably play on expert. And that that's definitely once you get to that point, it's the most satisfying because you'll actually sure. get to play a lot of the the riffs that they're doing. Where on like easy mode you'll hit one note and then 10 notes will happen in the song. Um, so it's definitely more satisfying the, the, the better you get at it, but um, still a fun. And time. the learning curve really isn't that horrible. Like you can get to expert pretty quickly. If you, yeah. if you owned it, you'd be able to get there pretty, pretty fast. But it, if you're just playing it like a homie's place, then it's not as easy. <laughs> yeah. That, that's a good distinction. Yeah. If, if you don't own it, it's painful because you'll only play it a, a few times going over to a friend's house and they will be phenomenal at it and you will be terrible and it will feel very bad. You'll get shredded. Uh, but they do have multiplayer modes where you, you can, each person can choose their own difficulty. Um, so you don't like it, That kind of takes care of it. Um, I mean, yeah, but if the person's like good, if you're, if you have the same, percent accuracy on a higher difficulty you'll get a better score because you'll rack up your score score multiplier faster so it's like i mean it does reward you for playing a harder difficulty for sure (laughs) and like a straight 1v1 situation yeah but there's also more opportunity to lose that multiplier so that's true that's easy to fuck up um yeah so guitar hero 3 so game number two never talked about it Never God played it. of War. Still hasn't beat the Valkyrie, so I mean, have you really played God of War? <laughs> it's very true. Um, and when I say God of War, it's the new one, uh, 2018, I believe, uh, God of War. And uh, what is there to say? Oliver and I did a dedicated episode to God of War. Um, so go and check that out. As we... Okay, so I'll just spoil real quick. Oh, first of all, spoiler alert minorly for the game and then spoiler alert for who's going to win um this matchup, but you'll have to you'll want to know by the end of this podcast anyway, so you should just not tune out, I guess. Unless you don't want spoilers <laughs> of God of War, then then tune out. Um but God of War is going to win this matchup. For sure. <laughs> Hands down. <laughs> It's it's disappointing because Guitar Hero 3 is kind of its own thing and it kind of was its own thing. Um like one of its kind and ooh blew out the cowboy. There you go. Um So it it but God of War is just it's too too good. It's an it's an unfair matchup. Um yeah, God, God of War wins. And so there not only have we talked about it previously multiple times, 
but we will be talking about it more as we get into like the quarterfinal, semifinal rounds in a little bit more detail. So I'm not going to go super in depth and I'm still playing through it right now too. So some of my views are going to develop and change as we go. Um, but I've I've completed Alfheim. That's still where, where I'm at as far as the game goes. But there, there's one part. So uh, Kratos and Atreyu. Atreus? I should probably get that right. Um, Just say boy. Come on. Okay, yeah, that's Atreus. Okay. But yeah, boy. Boy. So Kratos and boy, um, you're on an adventure to go spread your mother's ashes who has just died. And um, Atreus, or boy, has a very, had a very close relationship with the mother, very distant relationship with um, Kratos. And kind of the the story arc of the characters, which I think is what hits home for me the most in the game is the, the relationship between Kratos and boy um, growing and evolving over the game. And there's, there's one particular part right at the end of Alfheim um, Kratos goes into this other realm for what he, what feels like a couple minutes to him, but he's gone for hours in the real world. And Atreus has to fight off all of these, these bad guys. And you come back and then Atreus is just, he's pissed at you. What are you doing? You said you wouldn't leave me. That's actually a really good impression. (laughs) That's exactly (laughs) what he's like. Um, and you just, you're like, you're so frustrated by him being pissed. And he just because you you get to see your wife and the end of thing like you you're living in a memory and then you get to see you almost you're like, do you're like well, yeah just about to and then he pulls you out yeah um, right as you're about to see your dead shoddy bay so you're pissed as fuck to you though you're yeah. like I was about to see bay and you fuck me it's only been two minutes like, in here bitch <laughs> um excuse me I just killed like thirty people by myself um no thanks to you. But uh, yeah, God so, of War, my ass. <laughs> yeah, um, which at this point, Atreus still doesn't know that Kratos is a god. Um, or oh yeah, big spoils there. Yeah, so yeah, I guess it, yeah, slightly bigger spoils um, for the the game as well. But if it's, you don't it's, know that Kratos is a god by the time you're playing that, you're pretty you're pretty out of date with the series. <laughs> yeah, and pretty early on, you you know that Atreus doesn't know that Kratos is too. So that it's not huge spoiler um, territory. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so so Kratos or Atreus doesn't know that stuff. But either way, so he's he's pissed at you, and then you guys are like getting in the boat to head back to Midgard, and Atreus just like flips out at you because he's like, "Man, you don't even care that mom died. Like I like I just kind of wish he was here. Like maybe wish you were the one who died." And then Kratos just lays some goddamn wisdom on the field. He's like essentially like boy. Don't don't mistake my silence for lack of grief and stuff. And then Atreus is just like, Bleh? oh, so you said too? I've never considered that. <laughs> um, Combusting. And th- th- that that moment right there was was one of the f- first powerful moments in their relationship. And, and for me in the game, it hits really hard because like Kratos is kind of quiet, but he's very stoic. And Atreus is just very like, I mean, he's a kid. Like he's sad. He's, he's working through it. He's kind of whiny um, as, as he would be. A little but, too whiny. Yeah. And it's not even his worst whiny part of the game either. Oh my God, dude. He gets so whiny. If you side quest during one part, you're fucking around. There's one part of the game where you need to just sprint through the story and get through his whine as fast as possible. <laughs> yes. 
Oh yeah, not 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 good. Which is great. It's it's a, what I love about the game. It like ties. It even ties the gameplay into it. I won't spoil that, but um, it's really frustrating because you get used to having something that then you don't have temporarily because of boy. And oh yeah, it's a good frustration. But yeah, that that moment, most recent. There's a little much for me. Uh, that's that's fair. I can understand that for sure. It's kind of like the Last of Us Part Two thing, like. It you either love it or you hate it. There's not a lot of in between um, room there. Like they they took they made some choices when they were making the game, and those choices either make you happy or they make you sad. It just it would have been nice if they had because the relationship is obviously programmed to only progress if you're going through the main story, right? If you're doing side quests and like dicking mm. around and just exploring then the relationship isn't going to progress. So it's like one of those things where I think if you're going through the main story, it's well done, but they should have just had like a, after 30 minutes, he just tones the fuck down timeout or something like that, you know, (laughs) or like, well, even just like tone it down for a little bit until you get back to the main story. Because if you, like I said, if you start dicking around and it's peak bitch period, he's just not doing anything for you. Yeah, no, that that, that's a good point. It kind of draws you to play the main story, you know, because like, it doesn't take too long to figure out, like, okay, this kid's bitching and not obey my orders when I say to shoot the arrows, which him in combat is super fucking useful um, because of the stagger and stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I, I wish it just timed out or something like that. It lasted way too long for me, and it was definitely because I just wasn't going through the main story, and I was just like, oh, this is just going to end, you know? There's no way they're going to force me to play the game. Yeah, that's... They forced me to play the game. <laughs> I, yeah, it's and it's tough too because on on the other side, like it wouldn't make sense for him to just stop being super annoying until you hit that story beat. Like they obviously wanted a payoff in the in the story, so like his his like you don't want to change the character for that purpose. But at the same time, yeah, if you're trying to do side quests at that point, yeah, I can't imagine. I I did kind of go straight through the story initially. And yeah, that would be horrible to try and do side yeah. quests with with him. Yeah. It's it's not fun. He's such a bitch at that moment in time. It's it's literally horrible. Yeah, so that, that's a bummer. A fair criticism, but yeah, God of War. I'm still playing through it. It's I'm now playing it with the PS5 patch, so I have the. I'm fortunate to have 60 frames per second, um, oh. and it does it truly. Like people, if if you're still playing like 30 frames per second stuff, like get very hyped for the the opportunity. Like 30 frames per second, if you don't play at 60 frames per second, is fantastic. Like there's no reason to be upset about playing at 30 frames per second. But once you jump up to 60 frames per second, it is as big of a jump as people make it out to be. Like it is it is a crazy difference that it makes in like the the lag and ability. But if you're always playing at 30 frames per second, you just get used to what playing at 30 frames per second is like. So it's it, you're not like missing out, but 60 frames per second is definitely a luxury. That's pretty dope. And I'm I'm very happy with it so far. So Ooh. Yeah. But yeah, God uh, of War the- wins. Yeah, there's just so much to talk about. God God of War is such a good game. I'm I'm glad you know that you received out of do you know what it got on Metacritic? Without looking, um, I'm gonna guess 93. 94, bro. Use undersold. Nice. That's like one of my only 90 rated games that I have on my list. 
Okay, I mean, we've already talked about it. But Niflheim was just baller in-game content. I'm telling you, it's for me still. The in-game content was such a fucking clutch X factor for this. The Valkyries were super fun. Those fights were super good. Not hard enough that it was like pound, like Dark Souls pound my fucking face against the wall, just like suffering and agony and anger. Um, But they were fun fights, and they were definitely like the last one was challenging for sure. The the ultimate Valkyrie person, Lady Maduhiki, Queen of the Valkyries. Sigrun? Is that? Yeah, some some shit like that. Yeah. The only reason I know that is because the God of War subreddit is like the only content is people like posting their I defeated Sigrun like screenshots. Um, So it feels fucking good, dude. She's, I mean, it it is a hard boss fight that you definitely like need to, you know, figure out what strats you're going to do. It definitely can get a little like, but all their movesets. The thing with the Valkyries is there's only so many moves across the whole Valkyrie, and then essentially it's a grab bag. For each Valkyrie, you're just going to get a different subset of the moves, other than Sigrand obviously just has access to all the moves. Um, so it is, I mean, it, it can be a little re- repetitive. Some of the Valkyries are just like, you walk in and you're like, okay, you're fucking easy as shit. I'm just going to kill you in like <laughs> five seconds. Um, but some of the moves are a little bit harder to dodge and require a little bit more. Uh, on the fly thinking for countering and stuff but the good news is you can kill them with any weapon you want and any strategy you want at any time unlike other games which force you into locked fucking choices not giving me the creative freedom i want in a video game hey there's actually a quote um from the the director of the game He's speaking about Doom Eternal, if you don't know. Um, <laughs> oh, shit. I can't remember the, the name of the freaking game director. Oh, I feel terrible now. Um, Doom Eternal game director. Hugh, Hugo. Yeah, I, I remembered it right as it was coming up. Hugo Martin. Um, there's a quote from him in an interview. Someone like uh, approached him about that question and like the criticism of having lack of creativity. And he argued against that. Um, and saying that, especially you were playing like the first part of the game too. And I think that's a fair criticism at the beginning because there's only like one weapon that has a certain firing type. But as you get more weapons and more alternate firing modes, there are, you start getting three or four different ways to use the maximal damage against a, a particular demon. Sure. You start getting the diversity. Yeah. But so, so he did argue against that a little bit, but I, I definitely understand, especially at the beginning, especially coming from Doom 2016, um, and then all of a sudden being forced to like completely change the way you're thinking about the game and being like, oh, I actually have to be tactical about this is pretty jarring. Um, but- it's a little upsetting. There's a little <laughs> upsetting, but it doesn't mean it's a bad game. I still haven't played it all the way through, so my opinions are invalid. We know that. <laughs> Easy roast, easy, easy roast. Right I know. There. I'll, I'll, I'll always take it. Yeah. <laughs> um. But yeah, no. God of War definitely still sits well. Definitely a good game. Like I said, end game content was super fun. The the big fights are pretty epic. The story I didn't care as much about, obviously, as Maxwell did. Um. That's just who we be. Just who we be. So. But the fact that both aspects of the game like satisfied a story heavy guy and satisfied a gameplay heavy guy speaks to honestly it's it's fantastic yeah perfect game well stop stalling man uh, you gotta keep doing it yeah (laughs)
All right. Well, I got oh, Super Mario 64 and Ass Ass Creed 2. Ass Ass Ends Creed. Assassin's Creed 2. I'll say it normally. Let's see here. Super Mario 64. I'll just do the Metacritics. 94 out of 100. Same as God of War. Juicy. Spicy. Who's winning for me? God of War, maybe. We don't know. Oh. <laughs> Might hijack a game. Uh, developed by Nintendo EAD. Non-surprisingly, released June 96 in Japan. September 96 in the Americas. Another old game that I remember nothing about, so I have no no right to talk about. Also, I didn't know if you, you know this, but there's an ABC adult-style storybook for God of War called B is for Boy. <laughs> Or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I, I just saw some shit about it, but it looks pretty fucking funny. Maybe something, maybe that'll be your, your next birthday gift. You'll get a fucking storybook. What? Oh my gosh. It's too troll. Uh, and then Assassin's Creed 2, which I played on the Xbox 360, receiving a 90 out of 100. Already talked about Assassin's Creed 2, so I'm using that as a pre-pass to not talk about it, even though it did a lot of things to improve the game over Assassin's Creed 1, and I barely played the series after that, which is why Assassin's Creed 2 is the best in the series for me. <laughs> <laughs> Mostly out of lack of knowledge. <laughs> Oh, Assassin's Creed 2 is a hype game. The big bug fix that they, or not bug fix, but they allowed it so you can assassinate from any height and not die, which wasn't in Assassin's Creed 1. And that just made it so fun when you are just in the top of like an eight-story church spire and then you just come down and assassinate someone makes the game so fucking troll. But it's so fun to like, you're trying to escape people. You get all the way to the top. You can't find a fucking hay bale to land in. What are you going to do to get down? People are chasing you up the side of the building. Just assassinate. <laughs> Just assassinate one citizen and you're free. That's it. <laughs> My God. Um, yeah, and just lots of other quality of life fixes in the game. Uh, definitely just made it a lot more playable. And definitely still was new enough and hype enough. Like, I think the time between Assassin's Creed 1 and 2, which I do not know off the top of my head. Sequel to 2007. Assassin's Creed 2 is released two years later, 2009. Um, yeah, the, the novelty of the Assassin's Creed is still hype enough that it felt really good. That was why I stopped playing, is I just felt like every game was just going to be like a slightly updated reboot of it. And I know they've done a lot of stuff to stray away from that and really try to expand the universe a lot, which I applaud them for trying to keep it interesting and entertaining while still keeping the historical lens, which is actually really cool. Like yeah. something that I feel like a lot of games don't do, but I do like when it tries to tie in to like, you know, actual history and actual events. So part of the reason why I like ports, I mean, it's not history, but the fact that there's like real cars in there and I get to learn more about like cars and what are good cars and what are good supercars and stuff, things that I don't normally get experience with or like hear much about. And then I get to see all these badass whips. I mean, greatest game of all time for it. So let's be <laughs> honest. Um but yeah, so that's that's why I chose Assassin's Creed 2. Long fucking winded, roundy, roundy. Super Mario 64, man, if you haven't heard of it, you're wasting your life, literally, right now. <laughs> um, Just another classic Mario platformer, the first 3D game ever in the world. I don't think that's true. Is it the first 3D game? Don't think so. But it was the first 3D Mario game. That much is for sure. <laughs> Yeah. and was very early on in the 3d universe the platforming is i mean the controls just feel fucking great 
it's such a simple game and the control scheme is so simple but there's so much stuff you can do with it and the mechanical like what you can do with the simple events or simple actions there's a lot of combinations and iterations and like ways to like assert your mechanical dominance in the game show those fucking goombas who's boss yeah uh, <laughs> uh and just a lot of content. I mean, 120 stars takes quite a while to go through if you're going to 100% the game. Uh, and the soundtrack, Koji Kondo, obvious fucking master tier composer for video game soundtracks. He just can't beat that shit. The, like, literally every single one of the... Every single one of the first levels soundtrack is a literal absolute classic banger for me. I mean, I have, like, played through those beginning levels so many fucking times in that first room. Uh, even the like the downstairs levels and the second tier levels. Obviously, I played the least of the third tier because it's the farthest into the game. So obviously, I have <laughs> diminishing exposures when you go through a bunch of like quarter playthroughs or three quarter playthroughs and half playthroughs. Um, but yeah, every time I come back to it, it's just super fucking fun. It uh, yeah, really well designed game. I really like the hat system too. That gives a little bit of diversity. Like you can get like a metal hat or a flying hat that allows you to traverse maps in like a completely different way. Uh, like one extra move just really changes how you're going to interface with the map and like how you're going to achieve objectives and stuff. So, yeah, it's it's just it's a really fucking fun game. I've been thinking a lot about what now that we're getting close. Now we're finishing what, the second tier, mm-hmm. the sweet 25, whatever it be, <laughs> even though that can't be in the bracket. How did that work out? Yeah, it's not How 20, many games have- because the second tier added, there were a couple of games that weren't in the first tier. So, my so there was only like 36 maybe in the outside tier, um, plus an additional so we knocked 14. Off 18. Um, yeah, so, so we knocked off. So 14 yeah, eight. plus 18 is 32 left. Yeah, because we knocked off 18. So yeah. there's 32 games left. And But now now there's only 16. So we're in the sweet 16. Oh, yeah, because we, we, we finished the... Okay, okay. We, we solved the math. <laughs> oh, thank God. Um, I bet, Yeah, I've been thinking about this a lot. I mean, the amount of times I've actually beaten Super Mario 64 is a little disingenuous to my theoretical love of Mario. Uh because everyone views me as an ultimate Mario fanboy, which is totally not true. I just want to be clear. I don't love every Mario game. Maybe I do. <laughs> Maybe they're all great. <laughs> I, I have I to say, form- the, oh, our, our, like, uh, the profile picture on the Mo Video Games uh, platforms is Mario to the T. And Super Mario 64 is what's on that the, is the true. TV screen. So I just had to throw that out. Uh, the thing, okay, here's here's where I've been thinking because I've been trying to think of like some of the harder matchups, and obviously a hard one is going to be. I don't want to spoil it too much, but since I've been thinking about it, I figured we'd chat. Super Mario sixty four versus Ocarina of Time. That is going to be a terribly hard matchup because there's essentially. <laughs> Oh no. The matchups are so bad. They're so bad. Uh which means they're really good. They're so bad. My next <laughs> matchup for Ocarina of Time is Metroid Prime. That's gonna be so fucking hard. Um The nice thing about Ocarina of Time is another just early 
third world explorer, but it also does have an aspect of story, and I feel like the like the story definitely drives a lot of it, but the child to adult change was also just such a cool feature of it. And there's a lot more like item and equipment and like variety that you can use, like just like going through the puzzle aspect of the game when you're just trying to like get through rooms and stuff. Uh, yeah, like there's just there's area. The fact that there's areas that you literally will have to like go back to being a child so you can go do one thing so you can change that room 16 years or whatever in the future so that then you can traverse it as an adult was like a really cool idea. It sounds like it'd be really frustrating when I'm saying it, but every time I've gone through it, I'm like, oh, that's kind of like fun that I'm actually using this mechanic and it's not just I play the early part of the story and then I play the adult part of the story and. Oh, so you like you actually like as you're playing as an adult, you'll go back and then do something. Yeah, I think there's there's probably ways that you could get around not having to go back to being a kid. But there was definitely, I thought, at least a couple parts where I had to like go back to be a kid to like because you can't crawl through the really small holes and stuff like that that you'd be able to crawl through as a kid. But you're too big as an adult, even though your character model is definitely <laughs> a size to fit through that shit. But that's a different story. Um, there's a new game called The Medium. Um, I think it's a Microsoft exclusive. <laughs> But it it actually fully renders two entire worlds simultaneously um, at, at times, at least. So it's essentially you play as a medium who like can translate into the afterlife um, and and see this other part of the world. But it takes place in the same physical space, just almost a different dimension. And at times you will have both you in the the real world and the this second world simultaneously and it's rendering both oh that's pretty dope at the same time which means it kind of runs like crap at, on some systems but it's a it's a really cool concept Understandably. and what reminded me of that is you'll have to go into like the spirit world to do some things to change it in the actual world and, and vice versa and stuff so that just reminded me of that mechanic um so that's that's pretty cool yeah so yeah, there's just there's lots of things about Super Mario 64 that even though I do love the game and definitely have a lot of nostalgia with it, uh, I definitely think there's been I think there's there's been games since then that I think I would say are better. In part because their age. I mean, nostalgia could take me very far if I really wanted it to, but I feel like my everyone's perception of my over insane love for Super Mario 64 is a little disingenuous. I mean, I was planning on running Ocarina of Time and not Super Mario 64. Let's be honest. <laughs> and I spent a lot more time watching Ocarina of Time speedruns. Uh, the Super Mario 64 speedruns are fucking absolutely insane, and I do love watching them. But uh, Do you think Mario 64 is your favorite Mario game? That... I don't know because I, I I think the problem is is I've been thinking a lot about where I would actually put Super Mario 64 when I'm trying to figure out my top, and that definitely is now I think leveled out a little bit of my approach to this nostalgia, calmed it down a little bit. It it's either Super Mario 64 or Sunshine. Sunshine was a baller game. I mean, that, that game is fucking fire. And even just the graphical improvements. I mean, that was a big update in graphical quality between 64. Like, a lot of people, I don't think, would enjoy 64 
that much going back just because of how retro it looks it would just feel like gimmicky at this point you know i think a lot of people have a hard time going back if you haven't played the 64 gen and don't have the nostalgia just dealing with the absolutely low fucking poly where uh sunshine still looks pretty good because it's definitely it's definitely rendered to a good enough detail that it doesn't feel like a fucking prehistoric game um (laughs) anymore and that's a testament to Nintendo and the fact that they haven't gone for photorealism, too. So newer Mario games don't look drastically different from older ones. For sure. So, uh, and and Sunshine was, like, the first iteration of the now, like, now, now the Mario formula is clear, right? Where they're going to introduce some big mechanic that's going to change foundationally how you as Mario traverses through. Whether or not it is just literally fucking with gravity and galaxy which was fucking insane and galaxy does have an absolute fire soundtrack i still don't think galaxy would be up there uh i haven't played galaxy 2 yet but oh my gosh yeah that shit is fire <laughs> um, but that's a what good a galaxy i think yeah that song goes that song goes ape shit uh but yeah so i think sunshine Definitely would probably be the only competitor with 64. I think that Sunshine competes very well with it. I felt like uh, Super Mario Odyssey was good. It was really good. They definitely pulled the the strings at the end there. It was definitely a little like cliche or like tacky of an end. Uh, but I didn't mind it. I, I didn't feel like it was like poorly executed or anything. And Odyssey has a lot of fucking content as well. But uh just the novelty of like the formula and stuff and how much they can keep the Mario series alive with sunshine. I mean, they're obviously still doing a really good job with it, but I thought it was really impressive in the beginning. The fact that they maintained it is also really impressive, but yeah, I think that the novelty of it and how they've transformed Mario from just a 2d side scrolling platform adventure into a 3d platform puzzle adventure, whatever you want to call it. Action adventure. So, yeah, it's been something I've, I've definitely been thinking about a lot. I think 64 still takes the cake. 64 for me is still very, very fun to go back to. And I watch more Super Mario 64 speedruns, which should just be my primary indicator at this point, really, <laughs> um, than I do Sunshine speedruns. What's fun about the speedruns of the older games is that there's a lot more like programming. Just The more advanced it becomes, I feel like there's just less ways like programmers are better at making sure things can't be broken or there's like little hacks and stuff where you know like ocarina of time if you like do a backflip off an edge and then down strike a thing while you're falling you can like turbo launch yourself backwards and that's how you like quickly traverse across the map and it's just like a weird fucking interaction that no one should have expected because why would you at all um and like lots of shit with using bombs for the same effect so so maybe yeah. the speedrun metric isn't the best. Either I mean, way, long-winded yeah. rant. I think 64. I think 64 takes the kick. Super Mario Sunshine might have to be a contender. I didn't put both up there because I only wanted one Mario game. Sunshine's just a banger. The soundtrack, I don't know if it's as fire, though. Yeah, I, I don't think it is. I, I mean, I don't know of any songs from that. I, all I can think of is 64 galaxy and then there's that one like super jazzy one from odyssey um that's in like the the city like new york or whatever it is Um, oh yeah because they do like a a jazzy remake or like a big band remake of uh one of the older songs 
which was fire, which was fire. Koji did it again. Our Lord and Savior. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's definitely been. We're, I'm getting stressed. That's for sure. That uh, Metroid Prime Ocarina of Time is definitely making me sweat a little bit. Yeah. So let's do a little. Let's let's take a little little preview look here. So. Yeah, for you, yeah, that, that one's going to be tough. Um, Forza Horizon 4, Uncharted 4 for you, I think. Oh, no. will be interesting. Um, oh, no. <laughs> uh, Dark Souls 2 and Oblivion. I feel like I know what you're going to choose there, but that I think that one's going to be I think I know, tough. too. <laughs> um, All the Night Portal 2, I know what I'm choosing there. That one's easy. Yeah, so, so some of these are a little bit easier, but we're definitely getting into the the cream of the crop here um i would say about half of them look easy and half of them do not look easy at all yeah which means that the next when we get into the semifinals uh, it's gonna be even worse so we're, we're wait is this no this is wait sweet sweet 16 so eight would be quarter four would be semi two would be finals yeah so we're not even to the semifinals yet but we're almost there um yeah, for me, um, oh, Skyrim and GTA, uh, Last of Us Part Two and The Witcher, uh, Doom Eternal and Spider Man, Horizon Zero Dawn, Uncharted Four, Dying Light, Infamous Second Son. Ooh, I feel like I'm gonna have. There's more that I'm gonna have trouble with in this round or the next round. Yeah, you're getting you're getting tight fast. I feel like I still got a little bit of leeway with some some ultra epics for me. But by the time we get to to semifinals um, or quarterfinals, it's gonna be horrible. Yeah, it's impossible. That's um, great, though. That means that means you're doing a good job of of weeding out. Oh, we are weeding out the wikis, and we're moving on. Who knows what was that game that I said was gonna replace? I was just about to start a Bioshock playthrough pretty soon here. Oh, now I've been seeing your PlayStation profile playing some games lately. Is that you or is that Marcus? I saw it's like a little some, bit of both. Like, are, have you been playing Final Fantasy VII Remake? No, that is my roommate. My roommate okay. apparently is a, a big Final Fantasy head, so I've been watching him go through it. It actually does look pretty spicy. I didn't realize uh, for a long time it was turn-based combat, but they did the Final Fantasy VII Remake and turned their turn-based combat into more of like a mixture of real-time and turn-based combat, so you can do certain moves real-time, and then you can queue up a spell which will be effectively real time right but obviously they're probably on a queue and waiting for some attack you know the queue's just really fast so it seems almost real time uh but yeah it actually it, the remake looks really good too i was really yeah. impressed with it he uh said that it was free for playstation plus so he just got one month of playstation plus so he could play nice <laughs> final fantasy 7 remake yeah for 10 bucks so so yeah shout out to playstation lots of good games making it really affordable during the pandemic even if you're a little tight monetarily to still keep the the gaming legacy alive especially with that h0t plus expansion i'm gonna have to whip out one of my bad boys for that i probably should just buy it on steam and just play it but i don't know it's kind of fun playing on the console it it do be nice to sit on the couch at times and just chill out you know just chill out I know I, you should download it onto your PlayStation profile regardless because it is free to keep forever. So just have it. And then if you get a PS5 in the future, PS6, whatever, like you'll you'll have it there. Um, 
it's just just one of those things. Go and download them. They're free. You keep them forever. They're free. They're free. Also, um, I should apologize for last week for not getting the podcast up. I think I got it up seven hours late. Oh, eight hours probably with the time change because I forgot we post at noon Eastern. How unacceptable. My my IKEA trip looking a little less terrible. That's true. I did I did commit one of the greatest crimes of the Mo Video Game Podcast. So either way, I don't know if I said it, but <laughs> Super Mario sixty four is one of this one. That one's not a that one's not a difficult <laughs> cutout. I will say it again. Um, lots of good memories, but. I'm starting to think Super Mario 64 might not make it as far. Who knows? That's that's an interesting turn of events. It is. It's stressing me out. I just, I feel like if I'm not speedrunning it, is it really worth talking about? <laughs> so Hollow Knight wins. It's that easy. Who knew? Um, the more I play Hollow Knight, the, I mean, the game is, I think it's fucking spectacular. I don't know why I like it so much. I, uh, yeah, yeah. I don't know why I like it so much. It's very hit or miss with people, it seems like, which is surprising to me, so. But uh, that's that's also totally fine. It's a game, so I don't really care. <laughs> so, yeah. Either, oh, and news of Hollow Knight speedrun. Pest has not broken the 32-48, but I did do another speedrun. I'm practicing the no-nail upgrade. So for you imbeciles who don't know Hollow Knight's <laughs> very important details on damage distribution and damage profiles, the base nail only does five damage. You can pay 250 Geo, which is the in-game currency, to upgrade it to nine damage, almost a 100% increase in damage. Super spicy. You get the spell early on in the speedrun called Vengeful Spirit, where you essentially shoot a fireball. Um... And that is 15 damage base. So the idea of the speedrun is you go and get the Vengeful Spirit and then you pick up the Shaman Stone, which bumps it up to 22 damage base. So I've been doing the no or the one nail upgrade to help me with fights, but I've been taking the fights really slow. So now I'm trying to learn like the actual speedrun strat for the for the boss fight, you know, so I can beat them as fast as possible. Because now I'm like, I, I've got in the flow of the run. I know where to go and everything like that. That's all memorized for me. Doing it without a nail upgrade, that only it's only it's only four more damage, and it is brutal trying to do the speed run strat without the nail upgrade, and then rely on the vengeful spirit, which I'm not used to relying on. Uh, yeah, it's been challenging to say the least, but it's been fun, as it so, should be. I know. So we'll see. I I definitely think that the thirty two forty eight. I think it's going to get beat again in the next probably two or three months. I was really surprised with how Pest went through it. I guess, I'm guessing he's been running it a lot if he just beat it. So I don't think it'll take him too long to up the ante a little bit. But yeah, either way, that's all. That's all. I'm done. It's a long enough podcast. <laughs> True. I've, I've, I've gabbied enough. All right. Well, uh, thank you, everyone, for sticking with us. Um, till the end as always links to social media stuff in the YouTube description Instagram um, all that good stuff Mo Video Games if you're watching on YouTube check out podcast services vice versa check out YouTube you get some spicy you get to see the Guitar Hero controller sometimes Ooh. you get cats jumping on closet like last week you never know what's you never gonna know. happen you never know you never know um, so yeah so thank you all so much it's been a pleasure um, leave some comments uh, again shout out Megusa Helms uh, left another comment talking about Fallout 3 
those uh banger soundtrack so keeping it that's real. a banger soundtrack that's facts right there big preach so uh yeah keep it <laughs> keep it classy you canadians and we'll see you in the next one juicy Cheers. Thank you so much for sticking around to the end of today's podcast. We hope you enjoyed the last round before we get into the quarterfinals. As we teased at the end there, you know it's going to be nothing but absolutely difficult decisions. Bangers only, with a few exceptions. I mean, yeah, a couple of them will be a little bit easier, but we got some toughies right now. We're in the Sweet 16. Doesn't get any better than this. So make sure you get subscribed, podcast services, YouTube, all that kind of stuff so you don't miss a single episode that'll be coming out. As always, you can follow us on Instagram, YouTube, podcast services, all that kind of stuff. We really appreciate you guys, and we hope you have a great rest of your week. Josie!